Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeye reporter, John Steppe. I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Mike Loss. Mike, thanks for joining me. Sure, John. What's up? So let's first talk Cade McNamara, kind of the topic of the hour. He obviously uh-huh. suffered the injury three weeks ago, roughly, at the Kids Day Open Practice. Most recently, Kurt Ferentz has said that he is expecting Cade to play, but it will officially be a game-time decision. Mike, what are you looking to see if Cade does, in fact, play? What are you looking to see from him in this first game? If he moves the team up and down the field and scores points. That's pretty much what it goes down to. I'll be curious to see how much he looks kind of like his usual self because it's been a while since he's played a full game. When you look back to last year with that kind of quarterback rotation, for lack of a better term, at Michigan while they sorted that out and then eventually his injury. And then what would looking like himself be, in your opinion? I think in terms of accuracy, in terms of just able to guide the offense in kind of a natural way where he's able to play his game. If he has to scramble, is he able to scramble? I don't think you want him scrambling. I think you want that to happen as little as possible, especially considering how the injury happened in the first place. But can does he look like a capable quarterback that could take a team to college football playoff like he has? Not saying taking Iowa specifically to the CFP, but does he look like that? Well, in terms of just what he looked like in 2021, is he in his 2021 form? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I barely remember that Iowa-Michigan game of 2021. I remember the last game that he played that he uh, that I remember him playing for Michigan was in the college football playoff against Georgia, and they they got uh, beaten badly, and he threw two picks. So you don't want him in his college football playoff form. I think uh, you want him in the Big Ten championship game form. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about that Big Ten championship game was probably the closest thing to a full game. I think J.J. McCarthy technically had one or two throws in that game, but it's pretty much Cade's game. And it's been a while since that. So how does Cade do in a full game? I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, if this guy is the savior of Iowa football, then then what is Michigan when, when he was Michigan's number two quarterback? Yeah, that really tells you something about J.J. McCarthy. If Cade is outstanding here is, okay, they have to have a lot of faith in McCarthy to, and the recruiting rankings show why there is a level of faith there in McCarthy. But that's another yeah, great point. I haven't been hung up on this McNamara stuff since the day he signed because this is all on the offensive line. If Iowa's offensive line is good, it can make any quarterback seem adequate and it can make good quarterbacks seem great. If this line is improved, and I think it will be, and I can't imagine why it wouldn't be, then I think it'll help make McNamara look good. And McNamara is certainly skilled, but we're not talking about a guy who's thrown 30 touchdown passes in a season. We're talking about a guy who played the position well, surrounded by big-time talent at Michigan, and uh, uh, did a nice job, very nice job, didn't screw it up. And the history of Iowa quarterbacks under Kirk Ferentz is uh, if you've got good blocking and the quarterback doesn't screw it up, 
you win quite a bit. And that's what I'm expecting from this team. To your point about what he was doing at Michigan, he also had an excellent offensive line ahead of him there. Joe Moore award-winning group. I think it's probably unrealistic to expect Iowa to go from what they were on the line last year to Joe Moore award-winning this year. But yeah, I think that'll be an interesting thing to see. How much does a Logan Jones step up from last year after his first year at center? There certainly seems to be national expectations for him. How much can Mason Richmond do with a season where he's truly healthy compared to last year when he needed surgery after the year, the year before where he missed a couple games? Those could be the big questions here for this Hawkeyes team. And and nothing has suggested to me that people you just named won't be better. Mm-hmm. And there's more depth on that line. Uh, the the last couple of years, it's been a it's been attrition. It's been players who just didn't play all that well. Those two things shouldn't be problems this year, as well as depth, which was a problem. You know, if there's not a rash of injuries, I don't see any reason why it's not a good line. I don't see any reason why the offense isn't adequate. And I think adequate gets the job done with this defense. Granted, you don't have Jack Campbell. You don't have Seth Benson. You don't have Riley Moss. But you still have players like Nick Jackson coming in. You have players like Jay Higgins who have another year. You don't need to have an Ohio State-esque offense. And I don't think you're going to get an Ohio State-esque offense. But you don't need that to be able to get the job done, especially against a weak Big Ten West. Exactly. Anything that you're especially looking forward to this season? Uh, I'm not into it yet. It's it's the same thing every year. I just can't believe it's about to start. I can't believe that my summer's over. I can't believe summer in general is over. And until the first football is kicked off, I just can't accept it or come to terms with it or spend a lot of time thinking about it until it's reality. And then once it gets going, I'm okay with it. Well, especially with the 93-degree forecast, the feeling of summer being over might not be totally there this Saturday, especially on that turf. Yeah, I mean, technically, summer has got a few weeks left, but I'm talking about once football starts, summer's over. I know that uh, probably every single person that listens to this will say they can't wait, but winter lasts a long time in this state, and I I like summer. Prediction for Saturday? About what? About the score for Iowa-Utah State? No, I don't have one. All right. I'm in to say 27-3 Iowa. That would put them... Yeah, it's not going to be that. Why do you say that? Well, it's just so unlikely. Well, we'll see in two days here. Yeah. I mean, it's like everything else. Once it happens, we'll see. But you, the odds of it being 27 to 3 are extremely low. Yeah, the nature of these score predictions. Okay, Mike, if I were to put you on the spot right now, what would you say would be your season record prediction? I don't have one. You have all the bull projections out there from the national people. I don't pay any attention to any of that stuff. Is there a bowl that you would like to go to? Uh, I always want to go to the Rose Bowl. John, if you ever get the chance to cover a Rose Bowl, you know, I hope you do, because I've been saying this for forever and a day. There's only one bowl game, and it's the Rose Bowl. The rest of it's just scenery. 
What bowls have you been to? You've been to the Music City, and what was the one before that? And then it was a two-for-one the year before with the Cheez-It Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, you haven't been to a bowl game yet. Uh, uh, the Rose Bowl is it. Everything else is, eh. But hey, with the Cheez-It Bowl, at least they have all the bags of Cheez-Its for media. I probably had 11 Cheez-Its that week. 11 bags of Cheez-Its. I really don't know how to tell you this, but that's going to catch up to you. You've done a really dangerous thing. Well, I have time to recover at age 25. Do you? <laughs> well, we digress. So thanks, Mike, for joining me. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time, we will talk Cox later.